you know, especially, you know, we talked about like prayer requests as like, you know, step one of a care ministry. Yeah. If you're trying to figure out like, where do you fit into that ministry? Like what is like, what, what is even your role as a church in your community in regard to care? If you're asking people to tell you what's wrong, (laughs) what they need prayer about that might guide you like, Oh, a lot of people are struggling with childcare or a lot of people are struggling with, you know, food insecurity or something like that, that can direct other ministry possibilities, direct your care ministry focus. And so, you know, you can use that information to say, okay, well, this, this is a place we could step in and serve. From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip your team and strengthen hope. I'm Laura Howe, and on the show today, we are going to be talking all about prayer requests with Jeanette Yates of Texton Church. Now, I, over the past couple of years, I have been on hundreds of church websites. And I do this because I'm really curious to poke around and see how other churches offer care and to see how they're communicating the care that they have in their in their church. Unfortunately, I have noticed that many churches have little to no information about what care is available, how people are going to access it, or what to expect. Uh, But for the most part, most churches are offering opportunities to pray with people through prayer request submissions. Even when churches don't know what their role is in caring for people or, or they don't have the capacity to manage the needs that people have, usually prayer requests are still something that they are able to offer, whether that's the cards in person or an email or on their website. So as an experiment this week, I went onto my email list and chose 30 churches from you who have signed up for my newsletter. And I went into your church website and tried to submit a prayer request. Now, the goal was to do about 50 to 100 churches, but it took me a few hours just to do 30 because I was loving seeing all the different approaches to care. I just love seeing all of it and all the creativity that is out there. But I did want to share some feedback on what I observed. Out of the 34 churches that I had an opportunity to go in, there was 21 only had a specific page or information on how to access further care from the church. So not wanting to be an outreach, but if someone in your church needed help or support, there was some sort of information, whether it was a phone number or an email or something like that. So about 61% of churches had that. And out of those 34 churches, 22 had an opportunity to submit a prayer request from your website. That is 64% of churches that I looked at this week had a prayer request submission button or, or form on your website. So out of those 22, I actually submitted a real prayer request that I have in my family. And at the time of this recording of this episode, I've actually received a response from only three churches. That's three churches out of 21. That's now that's not a lot. And the goal really here isn't to shame people or say how 
bad people are doing at this. That's not it at all. Because I'm sure if I was part of your community or I called the main office, there would be a much higher response rate. I am sure that I would be able to connect with every single one of your churches and receive prayer. But I was coming from the perspective of someone outside of your church or someone that was wanting to access or or find out about prayer requests from the community. And I think it's a good reminder on in, in a way that we or a time that we can reflect in how accessible care is for those who are in your community. Would they know who to call? Would they know who to email? What do they even know what your church offers and what to expect when they do call? Do you have a process to receive prayer supports or receive care needs and respond back to people so that they know that they've been heard and that they know what support they're going to offer? Now, my goal with Hope Made Strong is to equip every local church to have an intentional care ministry that supports their community. And right now, a care ministry, like a whole a, a program or an area in, in your church or a ministry in your church might be out of reach, but you still offer this most basic form of care through prayer requests, or I'm assuming you're offering this basic form of prayer requests. Now, I should say that I am not saying that prayer is basic. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is key. I believe in God doing miracles and and coming through and the power of prayer. But I think it's a baseline expectation for people to feel that their church is available to pray with them when, when they reach out or when they have a need. On the show today, I've invited my friend Jeanette Yates. She is a community manager for Text and Church, and which is a communication tool for churches that helps you utilize text and emails to build community and engagement. And what does texting have to do with prayer requests? This might be a question for many of you, or there might be a fear that I'm going to tell everyone to do this super big techie thing. And that is not true. But I am a big fan of using whatever or being creative and using different methods to meet people with where they're at and offering care. And right now people are on their devices they're and they're utilizing social media. They're using websites and they're in email and and texting is a primary use of communication. So utilizing a texting software is a great way that we can connect and care for people. Jeanette is a church communicator and a community building guru. She is absolutely brilliant and love her so much. But she actually fell into this role of being a church communicator quite by accident. Jeanette started her career out as a teacher. And then when she had children, she stayed at home for a while and blogged quite a bit and did a lot of writing. And then she was a Pilates instructor. And then finally, when her friend went off on mat leave, she actually stepped in and filled in as a content writer for a church. And I think that this journey is really familiar to many of us. Most of us started out our careers in something totally different or or not, you know, right in line with care ministry. But now we find ourselves here in care ministry role. And I think it's really interesting to see that other people do that as well. During Jeanette's time at her church, the world shifted quite quickly during that time around social media, and then churches were becoming quite a bit more strategic or looking at how they were showing up and engaging with the community in a more strategic way. And Jeanette's natural gifting of building community and the sense of belonging was 
definitely rose her to leadership and her self-taught skills in communications uh, definitely set her apart. And now she's a community community manager at Texan Church. But care is not far from her heart. She holds care near and dear because she is a caregiver for her mother. And she has shared that caring for her mom who has chronic conditions has been challenging and she's been doing it for you know over 20 years now. So she has seen how firsthand, she has seen firsthand how the church can show up and being a care community for someone with these chronic conditions that are often, you know, make them vulnerable and isolated at home. And she's also seen where there has been missed opportunities and even disappointments. But I think Jeanette's perspective on how the church can care for those who are chronically ill is a lesson that we all need to learn. After six weeks, nobody knows what to do with you. So you've either had the baby and you're, you know, moving on, you know, you've gotten better. So if you're sick, you've either gotten better or you died. And then people don't know what to do when for 30 years you've been fighting a disease, you know, and this isn't a remission situation. You know, she had like for the past 20 years, probably there has been just a steady decline. And people just don't know how to handle it. And so there's ebbs and flows of, yes, we're going to do meals for ever. (laughs) And then (laughs) just kidding, life got in the way or, you know, but I will say that when COVID came to the world and shut everything down, I remember one of the first things she said after the initial shock that we all felt was, well, I'm actually kind of excited to be able to watch church because up until then she had literally been listening to a CD or reading, but you should have her on your podcast. Um, <laughs> she had some wisdom there. Yeah. yeah. She has some wisdom there about how like, yeah, it's not about every tool and every, you know, new thing, but with some processes in place, the meal train doesn't stop with some processes in place, we have a way to enter the homes of our, you know, sick people or people who are for whatever reason, not able, maybe it's not a physical disability or, or an Mm -hmm. issue. Maybe this is a uh, emotional or mental one. They're not ready. They're not Mm -hmm. able. And how are we able to reach them? And I think um, that strategy and process. That's where that comes in. It's like, we're not able to reach all of the people that God has called us to reach. How can we, what are some tools out there? Mm -hmm. And sometimes technology can help. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, And I love that insight because not often we get to speak. We're always supporting or coming alongside someone maybe like in that crisis moment. And, and like you said, six weeks later, you know, you've moved on to the next crisis or Mm -hmm. uh, you forget. And I think I love that with some intentionality and some strategy that you'd be able to not burn out your volunteers, not over promise, not over commit, but in in collaborative work, be in communication with the family and with the individual to find, okay, what is it that you need and what is our capacity to offer? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to promise meals forever. Because that's not practical. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes people don't want your meal. (laughs) Like my mom does. You can bring her meal. But, you know, there's some people that are like, I don't, you know, that's not comfortable for them. So you do, I think coming alongside people and saying, this, these are 
some things that we can do, you know, work with them, just like, just like, you know, doctors do here Mm -hmm. are the treatments available to you, which ones seem doable to you, you know, love that. I love that. Oh, that was just a hot tip because that's not what we're here to talk about, but I, love I know <laughs> we just got on a, <laughs> a whole tangent, Yeah, <laughs> but I love that because I think that ties into what we do want to talk about, which is being intentional and strategic in, in offering opportunities to respond to care, uh, prayer requests. Yes. And, and what does that look like for your church? Why this is so interesting for me and why I'm excited to talk about it is because I recently have gone through a number of churches, like a couple dozen churches and submitted a prayer request to them from all over the country. And it's Mm -hmm. been really, really interesting to see the feedback or lack of feedback. I was going to say, or lack of (laughs) (laughs) very much lack of feedback. Number one, whether they even have care listed. So do people know how to access care, but that's a whole, that's a whole nother topic, but even prayer requests, which is um, kind of that baseline expectation. I was going to say, whether you have a full-blown care ministry or counseling ministry or anything like that, a lot of churches maybe don't have that. That's not in their wheelhouse, but like offering prayer (laughs) is pretty, pretty basic, pretty basic. You know, if that's where you're at in your church and being able to do, then that's a great place to start. Mm -hmm. And so this conversation with yourself is okay. How can we do that with the most intentionality and how can we do that in a systemic or strategic way so that while we might not have a full care ministry available to us, how can we, how can we utilize that as Mm -hmm. an offered option to connect, build community, build belonging, build hope um, in our community and congregation. And so I'm excited to learn more about uh, your the strategies that you're going to offer and and how text and church is a you know software and, and technology that really equips the church and enables the church to do that in a really cool way. And I'm excited because this is what we use at my church. So uh, tell <laughs> us more. Uh, let's just start from the top. Tell us more what text and church is and then we can go into all the strategies afterwards. So Text and Church is a two-way texting platform that helps busy church leaders spend less time managing all of that techie stuff (laughs) and more time actually connecting with their, their people, both members and guests, and building those relationships with them so that they feel known, noticed, and loved. And so, you know, bonus, it also sends emails, but it does. Yes. I use those too. It's a text, <laughs> but it definitely, it, it provides the automation that's kind of yes. like, once you set it up, it just rolls. And then you're like, yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting ahead of myself, getting ahead of myself. Yes. <laughs> Do you work at text and church? I know. I'm a big <laughs> I, fan. I'm yes, not lie. I love it. <laughs> I am a big fan because the majority of churches either use for their CRMS planning center or church community builder, or maybe rock, or there might be Mm -hmm. a few other ones out Mm -hmm. there. And there are limitations to those. They provide excellent opportunities, um, but they are definitely limited. And so if we want to utilize and be intentional and strategic to be build connection, then I'm all about utilizing technology and ways you can do that. And this is me and I not techie. So it's, if I could do it, then you could do it. So there's, there's my plug right there. Unsolicited plug. there <laughs> well, <you> that's <laughs> my plug too. You know, part of my job is to teach new members or just people in general, if they've been using it for a while and they want to try something different and they want to figure out, let's say you want to figure out how to use text and church for prayer requests 
or for prayer ministry, you might say, oh, I'm going to go to the lunch and learn. Well, that's my job is to do the lunch and learns. And so I tell them the same thing. I'm like, listen, I figure this out. You can figure it out. Yeah. For <laughs> We're <real>. here to help. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not every church is the same. Not every church mm-hmm. approaches prayer the same. Not every church has the resources or capacity to manage the prayer requests that, that their community might submit. So let's talk first off about the different approaches to prayer requests that you have seen and that you have can identify. So there are so many different ways that churches collect prayer requests, share them with the relevant people. Some churches their staff is are is the prayer team, right? So yes. they're really just collecting these prayer requests and sharing them with staff members. Other churches have prayer teams that are, you know, in addition to the staff, there's teams of people that are praying. So like at my church, we have our staff that prays, but then we also have a group of people on the prayer team. They pray throughout, you know, they're always praying, but they meet at the church once a week to pray over any prayer requests that have been submitted. So there's that kind of thing. And so just... How do people tell you that they have a prayer request, right? There's a few mm-hmm. different ways that this can happen. The original way is for them to walk up to you cards. at the church yeah. or just walk up and be like, yeah. I'm really struggling. Can you pray for this? That's one way. There's the prayer cards. There's also people, you know, could send the pastor or the staff member that they're closest to an email, mm-hmm. all of these different ways. And none of them are wrong. Maybe the walking up and telling you something in the middle, you know, that I don't want to say that's wrong for that person because they're, <laughs> they're hurting, but <laughs> the chances that you're going to remember that right. request are very, very slim. So what I think is a really helpful tool um, in regards to Texan church specifically is the ability, um, you know, with Texan church, you choose a local 10 digit phone number. So local for your area. And then that's your number that, you know, you're interacting with people with. So in this case, and for prayer requests, you could just say, Hey, we're having a prayer, a time of prayer this Sunday evening. If you would like to submit a confidential prayer request, just text your prayer request to this number and we will pray over it. Now that is the easiest way. Yep. Those prayer requests would come straight into your inbox, right? Straight onto your phone. There they are. And if you have a team of people or staff, maybe you're, you know, you would, you could literally just share that, you know, you did tell them it was confidential. Uh, What happens is they're not in your database. If they're just texting in that prayer request, you don't know who they are. So it's like anonymous, but if they are already in there, like if I'm a member have me in there. You're emailing me every week. You're texting me every week. Anyway, it's going to tell you that it's me. Mm -hmm. You can still keep that relatively confidential in the sense that either you as the admin are the only person seeing that. And then you're just going to share those anonymously, or you, you know, you may have made it clear that the team will know, but you're not going to publish it on the Mm -hmm. interwebs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. So that's like the easiest, most basic way. And then there's other ways as well to kind of do more than just collect. And then, so, but that's like one of the easiest ways to just like get that information. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I think it's important to talk about confidentiality piece on our churches is do you want, is just the staff? prayer team or prayer team, right. but no names. So more right. anonymous. You, mm-hmm. and, and and so that is actually when someone submits, that is one of the ticky boxes that they 
um, check off so that we are able to handle their information with confidentiality or level of confidentiality that they're requesting. So I think that is, I think it's really important to recognize or have that as an option. Well, so what you mentioned was, you know, they're at your church, they're going to your website, maybe to so fill out both. Or... So with yeah. our churches, you could text prayer and, mm-hmm. um, and then they're redirected to a form that they okay. fill out where it says my, my name, my email, my phone number. So we're able to email and text and mm-hmm. then the prayer request, and then they identify their level of right. confidentiality. So there's an extra step in there, but the absolute base is the collection. You're right. It right. just is a simple way to collect that information with. Yes. Well, and so like the way I just shared was th- there is no connection card for them. There is no car- prayer card, right? Mm-hmm. The second way would be what you were just talking about, which, which was to be, would be to create a group that collects prayer requests, like a text group, then people would text a keyword. Let's say it's prayer. They would get that prayer card digitally sent to them. Then they could fill it out. Right. Yes. Then that goes in. And like you said, you can have that option of how, how confidential is this, (laughs) you know, click this click one of these, but that's another way. But then you do have the ability because they have given you, in addition to the number, you now also have an email address. If they filled out the card, you have their name. You can, depending on their level of comfort, reach out to them accordingly. So Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's like level two or, you know, Yeah. And I think that's where most people are at. And when I was going through uh, many different churches, most, if they had a prayer request, level one would have been like a prayer wall type of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, they were able to just submit something on and it existed on like almost like a chat board. And, but there was no communication with the staff. Whereas if you texted in and, and the administrator of that, Mm -hmm. right of that, you know, the, te- the text and church, the group, mm-hmm. the group right. yeah, are able to um, see that then it's more of a communication opportunity or like an engagement opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the churches um, that I have kind of looked through have some sort of form or card. Right. Yeah. So the key is then after we gather that information, what do we do with it? We've gathered not only the information on the prayer card, <laughs> Uh, the prayer request, but also th- we have their contact information. Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm hoping I'm going to give everybody the benefit of the doubt that if you are collecting a prayer request, you're praying over it mm-hmm. at some point. But if you don't tell the person that sent in the request that you've done that, they think they've just dumped it into the internet <laughs> or into the offering plate or where, you know, if they're filling out a physical card and it, they don't know. And if things get worse or harder, it can be even more like, you know, did they not pray for me? You know, it's very like, cause you've had no communication. So yeah. the second step is the communication piece. And there again, it's multiple different ways. One of the strategies we share at Texan church is to have when a prayer request comes in, via a a prayer card, so a connection card, then a staff member or volunteer could get a notification Mm -hmm. that that has happened. And when they get a notification, if you do it via email, they would actually get the prayer request included in the email. 
Okay. So it could be almost like here, this person just sent in this prayer request, here's the contact information. And depending on what they say for their level of confidentiality, what they say about the urgency of the prayer request, like, what are we talking about here? You could pick up the phone and do something right then call that person and pray with them. You could stop what you're doing and pray for them. You could notify the team by forwarding that email, lots of different ways to handle that. Then there's, so that's the staff notification piece. And then there's the, what we call them automated workflows, which sounds very robot but it's not, I promise. <laughs> so when people submit that connect card and submit that prayer request in that card, they go into this group. Maybe the pastor gets a notification that tells him what the prayer request is. He can do whatever he wants to with it, right? Or not, yeah. but then what? Then what, then what, right? There's still that chance that he gets sidetracked. He does stop and pray and then he's going to call him, but then he gets another prayer request and or whatever, right? There's, there can be chaos. So we want to ensure that this person knows their prayer request was received. Hmm. Someone's praying for it. So we have, I think we actually have a prayer request workflow in there. That's just a couple of steps, just a text message that says, Hey, we received your prayer request. And we are praying over it. And then an email that goes out later that says, uh, you know, that follows up in a different way. You and I were talking before Mm -hmm. this and you have, um, y'all created your own workflow for um, a series of of emails or texts that go out to connect with that person that entered that prayer request, which I think is really great that you kind of, you have to know who your Mm -hmm. your audience is, know who, what your community is like, what they would appreciate. And then creates a series of texts or text and emails that reach out to that person and let them know there's hope that you are still there for them um, as a church church body. I also would suggest a reminder message in there to remind you, hey, this person sent their prayer request in, you know. Follow up. Yeah, yeah, follow up, make a phone call, check on them, mm-hmm. see what's going on, you know, and that is not replacing the prayer, not replacing that personal contact that this person may want. Yeah, I got a text that said, you prayed for me, but I'm still nervous. I'm going to reply back to that text, right? So that that automated text that just says, yeah. we're praying for you. That's great, but yeah. it's going to start a conversation Yes, where the yeah. person can say, thank you. And then they do text in church team. Yeah, they do. They really do. <laughs> and so there's a little bit of back and a back and forth that happens. And that's where the real ministry happens, right? It really is. Yeah. So. That's where the care is. It's not, it's no mm-hmm. longer one way. It's just not them. Like you said, dumping their request into the interwebs, hoping <laughs> someone picked it right. up and that someone's praying for them. It's more of this sense of, okay, there's hope. There's, there's, I'm, someone's partnering with me through this journey. I'm a part of a community and they're walking with me through this. I'll share a little bit about our process that we go mm-hmm. through. And then I'm going to offer the pathway as a download to this podcast. So if you want to have a sample or a pathway and see all the steps that we take, um, using text and church, then I'm going to check the show notes. And this is going to be a download that just shows, you know, one page pathway guide. And so we receive, we do a text campaign or it's sitting on our website as planning center form on the website. And then that links back up to text and church and 
it's easy to do, believe me. Um, there's lots of help to do that. But there's also text campaign where it says text prayer to, and it's our local number, like you said, that we've set up through text and church. And then immediately someone gets a thank you for your prayer request. Here's the prayer request form. And that links it back to the planning center form. This is all sounding, might sound very complicated, but it, it actually is so not. And then it's well, if you if you're a planning center user or a rock CMS yeah. user or a CMS um, CCAB CCB yeah, you understand like you understand what that she's would saying. understand that yeah if you, you know don't, like you get it yeah <laughs> if you don't have any of those it's even easier it's even easier there you go I think that's a great way of saying it. if you know what I'm saying you get it if you don't know it's even easier I love that I love that. So, and then we could do a series of, th- uh, I think it's at least two, maybe three texts. Uh, first text is initial, you know, we received this, we're going to be praying for you. Um, there's an email that automatically sends immediately saying, we are standing with you, we are praying for you from the pastors. And then every Wednesday, the staff team come together and specifically pray over the prayer requests at 9am at our church mm-hmm. every Wednesday. And so at 9am, every Wednesday, the people who've received sent in a prayer request within that whole last week, receive a text and say, we are praying for you right now in our staff. And it's really powerful for people like, oh my gosh, the staff are praying for us right now. Because we're able to schedule this all in text and church very Mm -hmm. easily so that it's it's in the moment they're they're receiving this. So if they sent it on a Thursday or or a Saturday or a Sunday in service on the following Wednesday, they're like, the staff are praying for you right now. And I think that can be powerful too. I just want to step in here. Sorry to interrupt, but you know, yes, you can have that email that goes or the text that goes out immediately. That's like, thank you for submitting your prayer request, which kind of, you you know, maybe change the language. So it does, (laughs) you know, like, you don't want to be like, this is big, but they're like, they, they may say, oh, well, this is just an automated. Right. Yeah. So first of all, if you personalize it, it, it doesn't sound as much like that, but also, you know, they do probably know that, yeah, they, they may have written this text, but it came, it's a scheduled text or it's right. just something that they send, they send this to every, yeah, yeah, they send this to everybody. But that text that comes in a few days later, that's like, Hey, mm-hmm. the church, you know, we're here right now yeah. praying for you. Yeah. And it's true. You're not, it's it's true. not a lie. You know, you're yep. not, this isn't about, you know, bait bait and switch. Switch. Yeah. <laughs> right. this is a real that lets them know that like, yeah, it's been five days, mm-hmm. but they're praying for me right now. And that's, yeah. that is a powerful thing. Yeah. I think. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a series of emails, which you'll see in the download of just, you know, highlights of, Hey, how, you know, but I want to highlight two different ones that we have in that workflow is one is they're asking for feedback. We're saying, Hey, here, you know, how are things going? It's been about, it's been over a week since we connected with you or since we've heard about from your prayer request, how are things going? Are things have improving or have things gotten worse? We would love to know how we can continue on and offering care and, and, you know, continuing connecting with you. And I think it's really important to, to, for it to be not just a one way communication. Like we're so used to the church providing one way communication Mm -hmm. from the stage or from a bulletin or a newsletter, but here's an opportunity to connect with people where they're at on their phones and, and in their, you know, in their, in their messaging and, and say, okay, what is going on in their emails? How, how can we, 
continue to care for you because you're going to receive testimonials about, yes. oh my gosh, th- you know, thank you so for standing and praying with me. Things have improved. I, I, I'm, I have a job interview now, or, you know, you know, I, medication is working or my child had an opportunity to share Jesus with my, with my, you know, neighbor or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get testimonies, but you're also going to be able to provide more wraparound care or further connect with them in, in, in their situations. And I think it's really helpful. And it'll also, you know, especially, you know, we talked about like prayer requests as like, you know, step one of a care ministry. Yeah. If you're trying to figure out like, where do you fit Mm -hmm. into that ministry? Like, what is like, what, what is even your role as a church in your community in regard to care? If you're asking people to tell you what's wrong, (laughs) what they need prayer about that might guide you like, Oh, a lot of people are struggling with childcare, or a lot of people are struggling with, you know, food, food insecurity or something like that, that can direct other ministry possibilities, direct your care ministry focus. And so, you know, you can use that information um, to say, okay, well, this, this is a place we could step in and serve. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that's very, yeah. It's become very helpful for us and it's been a lot more, um, people have said, thank you so much. Um, you know, the replies back to the text messages have been really, really powerful and the engagement afterwards through the emails have, um, have provided us a direction on, on what we can do. And we're picking up needs and supporting people where they might not normally share it. Mm -hmm. It's like someone can share that. Oh, I lost my job. And then a week later, it's like, oh my goodness, we're really struggling with our business. Oh my, let's connect you with either a resource within our church, or let's connect you to a community partner that we know supports in this area. So it's like you said, we can't meet, do all things for all people. We can't meet all the needs, but prayer requests is a great first step to really become intentional and, um, and engaging with your community and, and start to provide wraparound care for them. Yes, I, um, we have so many stories of churches that are using text and church for prayer requests. One of our, I think it is our most watched video on YouTube is <laughs> about how a church use, use text and church to connect with their church that she was actually speaking about that they have a prayer ministry that is, was thriving. And then mm-hmm. COVID hit and they were like, how are we going to collect prayer requests when no one's coming to church and no one's touching a card if they did? you know, like, what are we going to do? And so they transitioned it all to digital and just some amazing things happened. So can I share that, um, YouTube link with your audience? Absolutely. And then I also wanted to, you know, we've been talking about prayer requests today, but there's a lot of different ministry areas Mm -hmm. where, you know, text and church can be effective. So I also have a free download for them that talks about the different ways. Our co-founder Tyler is a sports I don't want to say fanatic. He's a sports fan. And so <laughs> our, our, this list of ways that you can use sex and church is called the playbook. Cause he, you know, <laughs> these are the different plays, but um, anyway, uh, we wanted to share that with um, your audience as well. Yeah, definitely. We ser- we certainly use that in how first time visitors, we, yes. we use, we use it for campaigns like, you know, time change, which or events <laughs> or, yes. you know, she's all listing the- all the plays. She's an oh, athlete sorry. on the team. Oh, Sorry, oh dear. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. No, I love it. I love it. You know, the plays, you know, the plays. I didn't even know that's what it was saying, but that's how we <laughs> use it at our church. Yeah. And, and I just think that people who are 
driven to support and are drawn and have the gift of empathy and compassion are drawn to other people don't often think of technology as a way to connect and build relationship and trust. And, and so I just wanted to bridge this gap and say, Hey, like we can become strategic, intentional and care ministry too. Yes. Everyone's um, struggles are different. Yes. Everyone's situations are unique, but we're able to offer a process or, or, or a strategy that we can, that allows us to be intentional in, in offering care. And I just think this text, text and church is a really, really great tool. Well, uh, we appreciate you and, <laughs> and all of the people that are listening yeah. today. We want, we want to come alongside church leaders uh, all over, including Canada. Come on. Um, <laughs> yes, um, I have to say that being Canadian, Text and Church is one of the only tech services that work in, in, in Canada. Just yes. That yes. Well. So we are, <laughs> we are, we are very proud of that and I'm glad we were able to serve. Um, but, uh, it's been really great talking mm-hmm. to you today. You know, my, as we talked about at the top of the episode, I have a passion for the lonely, the lost, the forgotten. And I think care ministry is such a beautiful way to remind people that they're none of those things, right. Mm-hmm. That they are loved, that they are remembered, that they're valued, even if it's longer than six weeks that they're (laughs) struggling. And I'm just so appreciative for all that you do to strengthen and encourage church leaders in their care ministry efforts. So way to go, Laura. Thanks. Hurry back, guys. Yay. Woot, woot. (laughs) (laughs) Hands raised and no one knows. Yeah, we were raising our hands. Emoji in in the show notes to show that. I always (laughs) ask guests one question Mm -hmm. uh, to finish off the episodes. And I hope this is applicable for this. But if you could go (laughs) back, if you could go back and write yourself a letter, send yourself a text message or an email, um, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self just starting out? in ministry and and building that community through church comp. So if I was to write a note to myself, um, and I would write it because I'm a writer at heart, I would write on a piece of paper. Um, (laughs) I think I would just say one of the things that I think I struggled with the most is believing that what I was doing, God was going to equip me to do. And I know that sounds terrible that we should all believe that God is going to step in there at every moment, but I had like imposter syndrome. And some days I still, I mean, you know, some days I still do, but you know, I, I knew when I was there, like once I found that church communication groove, I knew it was the place I was supposed to be. And I wish I had just stepped into that sooner Mm. and really embraced that and said, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I do. (laughs) And really just embrace that more wholeheartedly. It took me so long to have the confidence to, to speak to other churches in an encouraging and equipping way. Cause I think encouragement is great, but if you can't give some sort of helpful thing that moves them forward or moves them to the next step, it's really um, hard to keep going, but um, that's what I, I, I think I would have done that. That's incredible. I think that speaks to heart to many who listen. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Can't wait to chat again. Thank you so much for listening today. 
The goal of this episode wasn't to shame you or say that you're doing anything wrong or even to overwhelm you with all this talk on technology, but really I wanted to encourage you to expand your vision and ideas and be creative about how your church supports people through prayer requests. Without a strategic approach and engaging people when they submit a prayer request, we are missing an opportunity to care for them and build community. And as you heard, I'm a big fan of Texan Church and I use this program in my church, but I'm not suggesting this is the only way. What works in my community might not work in yours and that's really okay. The point is to consider how people are able to submit prayer requests and then reflect on if your system or if your process is offering the best care possible. If you are curious and you'd like to see the exact pathway that my church uses for prayer requests, then go to the show notes, download the care pathway for prayer. All you have to do is add your name and email and it will be sent directly to your inbox. I really appreciate you listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it helpful. And and if you did, would you be willing to share a review? When people write reviews, it helps others find the podcast more easily. I would love your help in sharing these tools and resources with other churches and other ministry leaders. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a fantastic week. Take care.